I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. Group H was referred to as the group of death. And not only have Spurs qualified for the last 16, they've gone and topped it too. To dare is to do, and that's exactly what Spurs did. As we have the last word on Spurs in our Stoppage Time special. Here's Aubameyang for Borussia Dortmund. That's a really good goal. Well, there's not much in the way of celebration from Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, but it was a goal that the Borussia Dortmund supporters enjoyed. And it gives them the lead here and just eases the pressure slightly on their beleaguered coach, Petr Vos. Harry Kane. Oh, he squeezed it in. Only half a chance for Harry Kane. And that's all he needed. And that's his 14th goal of the season. And another one in the Champions League for Tottenham Hotspur's master marksman. Good uh, over there, but Deli Alley comes away with it. Now, can he set somebody up? Here's Young Min Son and Tottenham lead. And it's tucked into the top corner by Son for his fourth goal of the season. And Tottenham have come from a goal down to lead 2-1 in Germany. In the Champions League, they've won a group containing Real Madrid and Borussia Dortmund. Hello guys and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. As you should know by now, you can follow us across a range of different social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this last word on Spurs Extra Time special, we will be discussing the win over Dortmund last night. We'll be taking a host of questions for tonight's panel and looking ahead to West Brom to come on Saturday. So, let's introduce the panel for tonight. I am pleased to say bringing the fun and entertainment back on the show, we've got John Mannings firstly. John, how are you? Yeah, blinding mate. Still buzzing from uh, smashing the Germans last night. Uh, can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> It should be a fun hour in store. And joining John tonight, we've got Jason back on the show. Jace, how are you? Yeah, better than I was on Saturday, that's for sure, mate. I bet, I bet. And we've also got a debutant tonight. I'm delighted to say we've got writer and huge Spurs fan, Paolo Hewitt, making his debut. Paolo, how are you? Very well indeed and very happy to be here. 
Oh, you're a top man. Well, we're looking forward to having you the next hour, Paolo. I tell you what, then, let's start with you, John. What game that was last night, eh? And nice to get back to winning ways, John. It certainly was. I think it's, it's another one of them where we've had a bad result on a weekend and we've bounced back in spectacular style. I know, you know, our record before and after Champions League games this season has been pretty good. I think it's only the one defeat coming before Dortmund, obviously, mm. on Saturday, which we won't mention again. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's it's one of them games where you go there. Poch has obviously worked it out from last season's bad showing in the Champions League. You know, if you're going to have any chance, you can't be putting out Europa League lineups in Champions League games, even in the group. And yeah, we 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 done really well. I think even at half time, that one nil down, I weren't worried at all. I think we we started off well. We had a, a couple of uh, chances in the first five minutes, had a corner after three or four minutes, didn't we? And I think we started off pretty brightly. But we let them settle, I think, and it wor it did worry me a little bit. Obviously, they scored, and you know, afterwards though, I don't think Hugo Lloris made a save after Aubameyang scored. I don't remember him making one anyway. No. And we mm. we grew into it, and it was a very mature performance, I would call it, away at a, a massive club, big imposing stadium, loud fans. Although I must say, the travelling uh, Spurs <laughs> fans did us proud last night, didn't they? They did indeed. I mean, John also just to kind of. Put a, you know, further gloss on it. I mean, we're only the second English team to beat Dortmund away at the Signal and Duna Park, and also John to, to qualify like we've done in such spectacular style. You know, with a game to spare. I mean, that's truly a remarkable achievement, isn't this, from Pochettino's men? It certainly is, and I think if you add to the fact that obviously Dortmund needed to win, we did. It's not really like we were the team. Sorry, they, they didn't play rather like the team that were desperate to win because probably just because we didn't allow them to. Like I say, mature performance from everybody. I think there was 11 heroes out there last night. They all played their part. There, there weren't one bad performance. And I think, like I say, mature performance, great uh, great way to bounce back. And yeah, it was it was fantastic. If This this is what the Champions League could have been like for us last mm, season. It is indeed. And I, I, I think I, I, all I know is I will never celebrate a, a perceived weak draw ever again if we ever get another <laughs> one like we did. Because it doesn't seem to work for us, does it? What we need is, we need the holders in our group, and then we'll smash it. <laughs> I'm dreading, John, what you're going to ask for next in the next round. Just hold your thoughts for a second. I'm going to ask you towards the end, I promise. Uh, Paolo, let's bring you in. I mean, it was a really strong team from Poch, which I think some were surprised about. But after an uncertain start, you know, we showed that character, belief, and the key creative players, the likes of Harry Kane, Deli Ali, Huminson, all made big contributions. I mean, such a great win, wasn't it? Well, yeah, and... Did, did, did we play at the weekend or something? I must have missed <laughs> oh, that. Oh, We're trying to erase that. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. I didn't, I didn't know we'd done that. All I know is um, we'd, uh, you know, it was a great performance last night. And like, you know, to, to come from from the weekend, I, I was I was really, really nervous about it because mm. I just thought, you know, I could just see us slipping back into, you know, being Spursy or whatever it's they call us. <laughs> and, um, you know, for them to pull that off, you know, three days after as well, you know, it was just fantastic. And um, I, I, I think it brings up the question about mentality, you know. I, I think when we're, it's still the case, as as with Real Madrid and Borussia Dortmund, that when we're the underdogs or the perceived underdogs, that's when we snap, that's when we bite, that's when we think. When we go in, you know, apparently we had a game on Saturday against someone, I don't know, but... <laughs> When when we go in like and everybody's thinking oh well you know it's we're gonna win we're the ones that's when we tend to to, to, to slip up I think and you know uh, there was an interesting quote from Pockham 
a week ago or two weeks ago saying, you know, the training's done, the tactics are done. You know, they all know this now. It's the mentality, you know. And that, I think, is, is, is um, in Star Wars lingo, the final hurdle. It's true. I mean, you've got to say at the moment, the way the team are, like Jonathan also, performing and bouncing back from adversity, it's great to see. I mean, Jace bringing you in. People sometimes, Jace, they cannot wait to criticise this Spurs team after any loss, but it's a brilliant bunch of young, hungry, improving players who have just owned this supposed Champions League group of death. I mean, just how proud are you, Jace, of the way we've navigated ourselves through now to the next round and the style we've done it in? Well, I think, you know, the key to it has not been journalists picking joint sides between Real Madrid and Tottenham and Dortmund Tottenham like they did on Saturday. No, it, it's, uh, we've, we've played excellent throughout the group. There hasn't been a, a single, probably our worst performance in a weird way was the one in, um, was the one in Cyprus where, where perhaps 3-0 on the night flattered us. But although we, I still thought we deserved to win that game. But other than that, I mean, the result in Madrid itself, you know, for me was even more impressive than the... Yeah home result because I think that, that gave us that real belief that we did we, we deserve to be there and we could compete and I think that was the key result getting Madrid but we've we've been excellent through the group well, there's a lot of things in the, in the next round rather won't be fancy and pulling out Tottenham from the, from the draw and that, that's that's what you want you know we, we've looked like we've belonged we've deserved yeah. players of the performances in and, and the management and the staff have put them back the uh, the work in as well so there's no complaints from it this year at all is there no not at all I mean Jace very quickly looking at the team um, when the team was announced I mean it looked stronger than most expected which I said to Paolo I mean was you surprised by the nature of just how strong Poch went for this one I was because you know I, I, I put a lot of Saturday down to lack of fitness and, mm. and when you see Kane strapped up in a derby and things like that you think look you know this is not the the be all and end all game. Do we need to risk them? I would have liked to see Lorente get proper game time and things like that. But maybe Pochettino thought, okay, look, we, we need one win to top the group. Let's get it at the first opportunity and we'll use Applewell if necessary to, to leave players out rather than putting all the pressure on that last game and losing. So he went strong, but the, the players that came in did well. You know, I, I did call for Sonic. To the side, didn't mm, I? You did. I mean, like I say, and, you've always and, been an advocate of trying to get Sonny into the team somehow, aren't you? I am. I've, I'm always a believer that we're better with with Sonny when he's in rhythm. That's that's the Sonny comes in and out for games. It's difficult to get his his performance at a consistent level. But one, four or five games in rhythm, then I think we're we're a lot better side with Sonny in it as well as Ericsson and Ali. The problem is always how the hell you get everybody crowd the team and keep the free but no son excellent he was full of positivity all night in and behind them and that was the key for us was i think I, I think to go back to the um you know the team selection um i i would suggest maybe that pock is, is targeting the champions league he he mm. that's what he wants you know he, he carabou cup he you know people slagged him for it but perhaps that's his mentality now but he can't say it. i mean did you see that larice quote this week where he was yeah. saying oh it's top four for us this year, this season because I think that I mean as we all know if we'd have had another season of White Hart Lane then the Premier League title was going to be you know we were going to be really close to it really close um, probably um, yeah. but I think I think I think Pox targeted the Champions League he's looked at it and he thought you know we're top, we've topped our group table you know we've got one game to go and it's two games against anyone if we can do that to Real Madrid who, you know world's our oyster you know so I, I that's why I think the strong team was was announced last night. 
Yeah, I mean, like you said there, Paolo, he, he does seem to be taking this competition extremely seriously. I mean, John, in terms of the lineup, let's just run, you know, listeners through that again in case they wasn't sure. We had the likes of Lloris, Sanchez, Vertonghen, Dyer, Eriksen, Deli Alli, and Harry Kane keeping their place in the side. Rose and Oreo were the preferred fullbacks, while Winks returned to the heart of Spurs' midfield and Sonny started. John, very quickly, just want to get your thoughts also on the selection. Was you a bit surprised? Because Twitter, I think, was a little bit in kind of, I don't know what the word is, I mean a bit divided by it. I mean, there were some that were concerned after the display against Arsenal on Saturday. Sorry, I had to bring it up. Um, because players clearly didn't look fit. I mean, was you in vote of that team, John, in your opinion? I mean, if, if I was the manager, I would have done exactly what he did. You got you go as strong as possible. Mm. You, uh, I mean, if we'd have won on Saturday, then maybe it's different. Because then there's, you know, if, if we'd have come out... Um, from the swamp on Saturday with three points, then people were more forgiving of whatever might have happened last night. But because we didn't, Poch doesn't want to be losing two games on the trot, especially not to teams like Arsenal and Dortmund, because then it brings up the old question again of, you know, can they do it away against against big sides? You know, that kind of nonsense that we've been getting lately. So I think the fact that we did have a bad result at the weekend sort of forced his hand a little bit. Right. Because you, then, you don't want to then go lose against Dortmund and then certainly suddenly sorry the West Brom game at the weekend becomes a bit of a you know there's a bit more pressure on there than there really needs to be I think Yeah. so for me he definitely made the right decision I think the fact now that we we know that before we play Applewell there's nothing on that game whatsoever that'll be the game where he can he can relax himself a little bit and play whoever he wants to play you know he can pick whatever team he wants to pick because there's literally nothing on that. We can't we can't change our position in the group. We was we knew we were through, but until we played Dortmund, we didn't know whether we'd go through as top or second. So now we know we're going to go through top. I think he's done it the right way around. There's no absolutely nothing on the last game now. No pressure, and we've got we've got Watford away before it. So we'll see on on uh, December the second. So we'll see what happens in that one. And I think a lot of what happens there will dictate who he plays against Applewell on the 6th, but I imagine it will be a very much a, uh, a weakened side compared to last night. Yeah, I mean, and also, John, let's not forget, I mean, his, his selection of Kane has to be vindicated. The bloke scores, gets us back into the game, turns it on his head. Paolo, I want to come over to you. Once again, we looked really sluggish in the opening 30 to 35 minutes of a game. and We allowed Obiang in behind us twice in that opening first half, which inadvertently saw us concede. Why do you think, Paolo, we're starting game so slow? Can you put your finger on why you think that is? Uh, it's a it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, I think Saturday we were maybe a little shocked by the ferocity of of uh, that that team. Um, I I it, it's 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 hard to say. I mean, it's a it's a long season. It, we're starting to get into the trenches now. You know, it's November, December. You're going since August. You know, what um, one. one thing I do think about tiredness is I often think it's not really about the physical side it's the mental side especially if you're a creative player you, know, you start the game in August and you know you're probably buzzing and you've got loads of ideas and by November December January you know you're you're kind of running out of steam mentally and I, that that's that's what I think the key is is, 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 to, is to keep people's um, mental you know uh, potential um you know, uh, as fit as they are physically, you know. Um, uh, it's, it's just really hard to say why it is. Perhaps they think, you know, we can, uh, we'll just control the game. We'll control the game for a bit and then there'll be one period where we'll really hit them hard. You know, maybe they're doing that. I I, I, I don't know. It's, it's the, 
you know, it's the answer. But it's sometimes a bit worrying because a lot of the time we we start, you know, we 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 start off well, don't we? And we do, you know, yeah. cut, you know, a few games in and we're two three nil up, and you know, twenty eight minutes have gone. You know, that kind of you know level. And obviously, obviously, you, you, they can't keep that up, and perhaps they're just they they they're now looking to conserve energy. Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, John, can you put your finger on it? Is it anything in particular that we, we're not doing? I mean, is it is it team selection? Is it changing the team around? What, what can you put it down to, John? I think a lot of it's the opposition. Mm. I mean, as I say, Dortmund come out and they had to win. So they they were, you know, they would have been pumped for it and they would have come out strong, which they did, to be fair. And I, I think the one thing you've got to remember is if it weren't for two unbelievable saves by Roman Berkey, we go in 2-1 up at half-time. Very good point, yeah, it's true. So it so it depends. I mean, we proved last night that slow that starting slowly doesn't have necessarily an effect on the end result, you know, because we we end up winning the game, didn't we? So I think if you're going to have if if the second half was better than the first half last night, which it was, then as long as the first half's not terrible and you're mm. not giving away a lot of chances, which I don't think we did, to be honest. I think there was, as you say, Aubameyang got in behind a couple of times, and he was. I don't know what he was thinking with the first one when Yarmolenko oh, yeah. put him through. It was yeah. a terrible finish <laughs> to put it that far wide from 12 yards out. But obviously, he's, I mean, his goal was, was unbelievably good. He was, you know, the, the way they found that gap was uh, was pretty special, to be fair. And I think it, that was just one of them. You just you have to go. Sometimes you just have to go, do you know what? That was a good goal. Like, same with the goal that we conceded at Wembley against Dortmund. Do you think, you know, John? Eight, just, keep, just eight your... keepers wouldn't have stopped that. Just to pick you up, John, on that goal, you know, you say it's one of those goals. Do you think Loris maybe could have come out to narrow the angle? Is that being very critical? Do you know what? I think because the ball the ball that came through to Aubameyang was, was so slick and on point, and Aubameyang is so quick, I don't, I, I don't think we can really... I don't think you could say too much about Loris there. I think the, the, first, the first problem is that the two wing-backs were playing him on side, which is the problem. If they wasn't, and they was as, and they was following the same line as the three centre halves, then it's not a goal anyway. Mm. So, Loris is probably you know would like to think that it, that that scenario wouldn't have come about, and the fact that he was you know he did leave a big gap to that side. The thing is, you you've got to, you've got to look at it like this: Aubameyang's a world class finisher on his day, and if you're a striker, you're taught to shoot across the goal. Now. If if that's what if that's what every goalkeeper thinks the striker's always going to do, then they're going to get done on the near post, like Roman Berkey did at Wembley with a, with our first two goals in that game. Yeah, and you end up looking a bit of a donut. <laughs> now I don't think Lloris come out looking anything other than, you know, he uh, he was beaten by by a good goal, that, and it was would have been difficult for any goalkeeper to save that. I don't attach any blame. Um, to Larice in that scenario, not at all. Okay, it was sorry. it was just a good finish, mate. Sometimes you have yeah, to yeah. hold your hands up and say, you know, sometimes you get goals that go against you that really infuriate you, like they did on Saturday last night. Yeah. Maybe I'm a little bit all right about last night because we end up winning. If we'd have ended up losing one nil, I Different might have game. had the umpire. Yeah. No, but. of course. That, <laughs> let me bring let me bring Jason in. Jace, very quickly, what's your thoughts on that opening period? I mean, we can see the goal. It was a sluggish start, but we, we come back well. I mean, were we unlucky to go in? behind at half-time, Jace? I thought we probably were a little bit unlucky because, I mean, as John said, we. I thought the, the, the turning point was Alabama Young's goal because from the moment he scored, we, we dominated the game thereafter. And I think John said, I thought the first five or ten minutes, Sonny had that, that really early chance, didn't he, where he got mm. on in behind them. So they'd had two 
two clear-cut chances in that first half, and we'd had a couple of clear-cut chances. So I'm not so sure we deserve to go in behind, but um, and I wasn't too concerned. But obviously, you know that the, any game where you concede the first goal is difficult to then come back and win, particularly when you're away from home. So I fancy this. Uh, I, I certainly wasn't sitting there at half-time thinking the game had gone, but. It gets obviously it's a lot harder to come back and win it than it is to to even get a draw from it. So full credit to the players in that second half. I think you know part of part of why you also start a little bit sluggishly. I think you know you're playing better sides and better players. So okay, I know we smashed Liverpool early on, but we smashed Liverpool early on because of how, how poor they were defending and things. But you know when you you're, you're playing against better sides, you're not just going to come out. The referee blows the whistle and think right, we're going to stroll over you for for ninety minutes. It doesn't happen that way. Just, just as you know, we don't expect teams to steamroller us in, 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 in the first half of games when we're a good side. So I think there's part of that to it, and therefore, if you're playing against better sides, you won't, you won't be able to steamroll them so easily. Yeah, and Harry Kane's goal, Jason. I mean, that's nothing more, in my opinion, than a half chance at best. But perfect boost from going into the weekend. Now, I mean, Pochettino, like I said earlier, his selection of him absolutely vindicated. I mean, a fantastic finish to bring us level. Well, it was, it was a good goal all round, wasn't it? It was nice to see. It was nice to see the rebel press the ball and win the ball high up the pitch. Um, is that what we're going with tonight, James? The, the rebel. Is that what we're going with tonight? The rebel. <laughs> Both the rebels did all right, didn't they? Last oh, night with Alabama Yang as well. But then, <laughs> then the bloke, the bloke that keeps dilly dallying because he's too worried about his agent played a quick ball into Kane. Oh, and um, <laughs> and then uh, you know Harry actually it was a poor touch from Harry, wasn't it? it kind of got stuck between his feet and. Bounced, bounced around, but once once the ball came out from his feet, it was just a clinical finish. And you're right, it wasn't wasn't really a half chance at all. And um, but that, that, that's Kane for you, isn't it? It was a typical Kane goal. Yeah, I mean, Paolo, bringing it around to you, Kane's record this season. I mean, 14th goal of the season, six goals in his last five Champions League games. He scored more Champions League goals now this season than Juventus, Atletico Madrid put together. I mean, how good is this guy, Paolo? I mean, first time we've had you on. Talks about Harry Kane. You know, like when you read Roy the Rovers, you know, and you think a player like that could never exist and suddenly he turns up in your team. I mean, he's just, I mean, apart from what he does on the pitch, his, 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 uh, his off-pitch uh, behaviour is fantastic as well. I mean, he's yeah. completely dedicated to the club. He's dedicated to his foot. You know, you, you, you don't see him spilling out of, you know, trying to wire at four o'clock in the morning, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You know, um he suggests, you know, he's very, very serious about this and um, his talent has just got better. But, you know, one of the things I always thought was kind of missed about him was, you know, his, his actual his actual approach play is brilliant. His flick-ons, you know, his assists to others, you know, he don't, he, this is kind of when he was starting to gel a lot more. I mean, these days he's, he's you know, if he gets a sight on goal, then he shoots, then... But, you know, there were times last season that I remember a, a ball he put over the Man United defence for Ericsson right in the beginning and, it, and Ericsson missed it, put it over the bar. But, you know, little flicks he does, the way he brings other players in, his, his, you know, his all-round play has improved tremendously, you know. And, um, you know, I've got a friend who last season was going, he's not world-class, you know, and I, was, and I just get, I just kept emailing him all his stuff, you know. <laughs> God, Kane is world-class. He's, he's a West Ham fan. So uh, when Jeff Hurst said, yeah, Harry Kane's world-class, that, 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 that was the end of the argument. Well, know. do you know what? It's funny. With Kane at the moment, you've got to say, people talk about if he's world-class or not. I mean, he's only the third player to score 
as many as eight goals in their first eight appearances in the Champions League. He's now alongside the likes of Diego Costa and Didier Drogba. Now, I don't like to mention Chelsea players, but you've got to say, Palo, he, he's setting the bar for himself so high. And on the back of another week, Palo, where he's come out again and reiterated his future, saying, I want to stay at Tottenham. But, I mean, listen, why, why would you... No, I, I, I know, obviously, money is, mm. is the answer, but why would you want to go to Real Madrid? It's an ageing team. It's a team that's in decline. It's a club that's in decline, you know. They, they've bossed it for a long time, but I'm sorry, they, they are in decline. Why would you not want to stay with a team? You know, the great thing about, I think about our team at the moment is they all look like they like playing with each other. They yeah. look like a team. It feels like a team. It's not like, it's, you know, before our teams were like two great individuals, Gareth Bale and Luka Modric, and eight other, you know, OK players who occasionally would have a good flourish, you know. But, you know, it's now a team of 11 great players who, who when they're, when they're on song, are just untouchable, and we're going to move to a new stadium. Um, you know, uh, you know, Champions League. Look at what we've achieved in the Champions League. Amazing. I mean, why would you want to leave? That's. Uh, I mean, I know Man City will offer you 150 grand a week, but you know, unless you can't walk and you're actually going to get in the team and play, you know, it's. You know, it's why. Why would you want to go? And, and you know, like you, we were saying earlier about Pock. You know, the worry is. If he goes, then he's the glue. Yeah. But I, I think he's in for the long run because he he can see that he can build. You know what Ferguson built at Man United and go further with it. You know. So uh, I I'm, I just you know I think Kane and, and people who want to they want to play in that team. They want to play that style of football. You know, players want to come to us now because they want to they want Pock to 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 teach them and to train them. You know, Ross Barkley wants to come to Spurs because he wants to become a better player, which he will do under Pock. You know, yeah. he won't under Coleman. It's as simple as that. It's very true. I mean, John, you're always a, one of the advocates here saying, look, forget players leaving. Think about players that want to come to Spurs, want to play yeah. under Pochettino. I mean, you've always been this advocate, John, aren't you, in, in terms of that point? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, that's that's the main thing, that my main source of frustration every time we have a good, we put in a good performance, and then obviously the press straight away Can we link keep all of players? our players with moves yeah. away. Mm. And I think if you take Harry Kane as as the the example, I mean, he's just I, I can't remember. Well, I don't, I don't think it's ever happened at Spurs really, where we've had this this scenario where you've had a player that's, you know, the fans have clamoured for him to come in because the strikers in front of him are not doing it, and then he comes in and he actually ends up being pretty good and getting better and better. I think. <laughs> The thing is, if you look at Harry Kane's progression, the fact that he gets a lot of hate now from other clubs says it all for me. Because first of all, he, he could only do it in the Europa League against Muck. Then he was a tapping yeah. merchant. Then he was <laughs> yeah, a penalty yeah. merchant. And because he's proved everyone wrong every single time, they start saying stuff about... Um, I remember um, Jace giving quite an impassioned rant on Twitter about people having to go at... Um, speech, wasn't it? I think it was about his speech. Was that right? It, well, it, it was about his missus mm, at that awards right. evening he went to. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's his speech and it's stuff like that and how he talks and all that. Well, the, the thing is, I mean, everything has been proved nonsense so far. And I can tell you one scientific fact. Harry Kane breathes with his mouth open so he can taste the fear of the opposition. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as soon as someone comes, as soon as Harry himself comes out and says that, <laughs> no one can say anything. They can't say anything about the guy. No. He's, he's that player that every single club in the world wants. Yeah. Yeah, whether they want whether they want him, you know, I mean, Harry Kane himself, what I'm saying is they want an incarnation of that player at their club so they've got someone to love. 
so true. And it's on. jealousy. It's mm. all jealousy. That's all it is. Yeah. The, the irony, the irony, John, is despite his uh, his speech impediment and his tap-ins and his penalties and the one season wonder and he don't do it in big games and all that, there was outcry when he wasn't available for England, though, by his supporters, <laughs> wasn't there? Yeah. They can't uh, win. Well, what, what do you mean? I mean, you know... If, if he's if he's as poor as you think he is, then why do you want him in the England squad anyway? Yeah. I think yeah, do you know you what know, it is. There's a clamour for it. I think that's that's because fans of other clubs had to find a new scapegoat for when England don't play so well. This is it. <laughs> I can't put it down to anything else. They say they, they need a lot of scapegoats. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Jace, I mean, um, stick, stick with me for one second, Jace. I mean, 39 goals now in 38 competitive appearances for Spurs in the whole of 2017. I mean, no players have been involved in more championship. Champions League goals this season Harry Kane let's talk about let's move it on for a second Jason let's talk about Sonny's goal because this guy I mean you said about him earlier that you know you've got to find a way of getting this guy into the team more regular with finishes like that Jason it makes you wonder why he's not in this team more regular is it just a consistency thing with Sonny I think it is partly consistency but you know as I say it's very difficult to get him into the team and have a back three and have Ericsson, Kane and Ali in the side as well. And I think that's that's the conundrum. I think, you know, if you could bring in a rule change that lets you have 12 men aside, then he's, he yeah. definitely plays. But, you know, I mean, last night, his finish was a typical Sonny goal. I mean, when you, you think back to last year, the goal he got at Stoke away, one of those at, at Borough away, um, he got a cracky goal at Dini against Millwall. He scores really good goals. Mm. It's, I mean, he's certainly not a tapping merchant, Sonny. And, and you look back, I think there's... You, you could see a, a highlight reel from him last year. There's, there's probably 14 or 15 real quality goals. He scored two cracking goals against Watford, didn't he? I remember the one, one, one on the, the volley lane. from... The Swansea one at the lane, yeah. I mean, the Swansea one at the lane. And there you go. And I mean, you know, I mean, Deli Alley, if, if anyone was our tapping merchant, was our tapping merchant <laughs> last year, because of all the good goals that Deli scored, you could really only remember one top corner curler the rest of them were just clinical finishes but Sonny's Sonny's got remember the back heeled volley at yeah, Watford yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. of years ago I mean he scores really good goals and I think he's too big a goal threat for me to be sitting on the bench for 60-70 minutes of the game and then not getting on the pitch in some games at all I think we have to find a way to get him onto the pitch regularly mm. and then when he plays regularly you see his decision making is better and, and his, his finishing product is a lot better. And, you know, we, we had it a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, where I said the comparison with Wilfred Zaha, where people wanted to bring Wilfred Zaha in. Wilfred Zaha, every time, every minute Wilfred Zaha would be on the pitch is a minute less than Son would be on the pitch. And for me, Sonny delivers far more than Wilfred Zaha would do. And, and that wasn't a criticism of Wilfred Zaha. It was more of a case of the things that people want us to have in the side, pace, someone that's happy to take defenders on and can go past them and finish. We've got one in the side like it. It's just a question of getting him on the pitch. Yeah, well, you know I think you've answered some of the questions about NJ. I mean, Ray Grit says, where can we fit him into the team more regular? I think you've kind of covered that. I mean, you've answered the question, should Son start more games? I mean, in your opinion, he should. Let me ask you a question, Paolo. This is from Z-Man11215, who says, when is it time to start talking about giving Son a new contract? The dude shows up when he mat- when it matters. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's, it's really funny you should say that, because... Um... Um, what you were just saying, John, about the fact that uh, whenever we're doing well, you know, suddenly Kane's off to Real Madrid, Ali's off to Real Madrid, but Son never gets mentioned. You know, no one ever goes, Son's off to Barcelona or Son's off to 
Man City, you know, like Rose or, you know, any of these players. And uh, he's a forgotten hero for us. And yet he turns up and did what he did last night and did what he did against, um, who was it, last game, Palace? Yeah, against yeah, Palace. Palace. Yeah. You know, a fantastic goal. You know, that's what he give you. I mean, he needs to get more consistent. You know, against Palace, he broke through twice on his own and, and fluffed his lines. But, you know, twenty-two million. I mean, he's already played that back and more. You know, yeah. twenty goals last season, over twenty goals, fantastic. You know, uh, I, I'm definitely, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a big fan. I, I think, I think we should, we should try, try as, as much as we can to, to um, either get him in the side or, you know, and I'm sorry, I'd have played him on Saturday up front, not, not Harry. Harry, Harry was clearly injured. There were times when he was, his running was really poor and. There were times when he looked like he was through on goal and he just turned back and he just didn't look on it. And I would have, I would have put Son on, on there all day long. The other thing I say about Sonny is if he was, say, uh, Everton or Southampton or Palace or West mm. Brom or even was on the fringes of, of say, uh, Chelsea or, uh, or a Man United, we'd be demanding we try and bring him to the club. It, we'd be saying, yeah, there's yeah. the player we want to bring. Yeah. And, and, if, and if, if you said, i tell you what, you could pick up Son from... Bournemouth, or you could pick up Zaha from Palace or Mares from Leicester. We'd all say, "I tell you what, go and get Son yes, because he's yeah. doing it a lot more consistency." And yet we've got the bloke, we've got the bloke, and yet we still want to bring Mares and Zaha in over him. I find it, I find it bizarre. We love flair absolutely players, bizarre. We, we do love flair players. I mean, John, I want to bring it round to you just to have your say on Sonny. I mean, great technically, gets bags of assists as well, great goal scoring record. And John, the most important thing out of it all, which I love, is that this guy's attitude. You know. He just gets his head down. There's no moaning. There's no groaning and going to the press and I'm not playing games regular. I mean, what an attitude yeah. this guy's got, John. I think he's a he's an exemplary professional. I think it's the best way of summing him up. I think the, I, I do love the fact that he plays always with a smile on his face. Yeah. And that that probably rubs off on on his teammates. You know, he's got one of these secret handshakes for everybody, which <laughs> I, also, I also love. But yeah, he's a he's a fantastic player. I think the thing is, you know, Pochettino's hand has been forced somewhat with injuries this season which means that we can't really ever play with a, a full-on defensive midfielder now what we saw last night pretty much was because Dyer was in the back three to cover for Alderweireld's absence and Wanyama's not there we Son played in there and it was more like a, a 5-3-2 with Winks, Ali and Ericsson and then Son and Kane just in front and I think because of the injuries that we've got instead of you know, being rigid which and stubborn, which we accused Pochettino of in the past, he sort of found an, a new way, if you like, to compensate for the fact that those defensive-minded players are not there. And instead of replacing them with a like-for-like, like, we sort of ramped it up a bit in terms of going forward. And Son's a perfect player because he can play wide, he can play through the middle when he, as a 10, and he can play as a centre-forward. Mm-hmm. And he does, each, each position he plays with, you know, equal quality. I think I think I personally think all the time Toby's out in a in a sort of weird kind of way that will mean Son gets more game time. Possibly because I think yeah, there'll yeah. there'll there'll be there'll be games in the future where when Toby is back, it, Dyer will be put into a midfield two with Winks or with Dembele or someone like that, which means that the forward player, like Jay said, it, it would mean dropping Ali or Eriksson unless one of them's in bad form or injured. That's probably not going to happen, and so Sonny always is the full guy. I think the, the trouble is for him at the minute, sorry, for the club is at the minute, to be honest, if Son's on the pitch, it makes the bench look a lot weaker. This is an but, yeah, that's very true. But you see last night, we didn't really need anything from the bench last night because the game was, 
you know, we, we was in a position with 15 minutes to go where we're 2-1 we're up and cruising pretty much. You know, there weren't any point after 2-1 that they came too close to scoring. I mean, Aubameyang had a shot fire deflected wide for a corner and uh, Rafa Guerrero smashed a, a, a wild slashed the wild volley wide, didn't he, as it went over Aurier's head. But that was it. And I think that one, another thing that impressed me last night weren't even as far as the players are concerned, really, it was what the manager done. So from the 80th minute to the 85th minute, he's disrupted the game three times with three substitutions, which I thought was pot showing a little bit of game craft. I don't know if, if that's something that Jay picks up on because I know he loves the, loves a bit of game craft. Yeah. But I, th- I think, you know, that that's also coming from the sidelines now. Yeah. And it was, you know, it all added up to a, a thoroughly professional performance and Son was at... You know, he, he was he was very good. He was one of our better players last night. Although everyone was good, he was he he did stand out, and his his goal was superb. And uh, yeah, no, he's a he's a fantastic player. I'm so glad he's at Spurs. And hopefully, the the question I think was from Ray Grit was it originally about yeah, him a new yeah. giving him a new deal? I'm hoping them, yeah. I'm hoping that uh, their dreams will come true and he'll soon <laughs> sign on the dotted line because he'd be a player that I definitely want to tie down for as long as possible. Not in a I'm not kinky. I just mean a new contract. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. I mean, eight goals in his last 10 games against Dortmund. Loves to play against them. Let's bring on some of the other players then. Paolo, coming over to you. Harry Winks. I mean, he absolutely <laughs> ran that second half for Spurs. I mean, he's rapidly becoming one of the first names on the team sheet. I mean, his composure, reading of the game and technical ability for his age. You know, Paolo, it's, it's showing above his years. I mean, do you think you may, firstly, I mean, you'd think, Paolo, logically, that if the he bloke, said, he must have been injured Saturday because he would have started. You, you have to believe it. He would have started yeah. if he wasn't fit. Well, uh, he's he's another one, though, and he's like, he's another Harry. You know, he's come through the ranks. Yeah. Um, you know, great attitude. And, um, you know, they're talking about him in, in terms of Iniesta. I mean, it's incredible. Jay Suffolk asked the question. Has Spurs produced another golden nugget in Winks? That boy is going all the way fantastic. Absolutely. Do you think so, Paolo, on that one? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think I've seen him give one one bad well, pass in. You can the count, can't you? Played. You could probably count on one hand the amount yeah, of times he gives yeah. away a ball in five games. I'd say it's just incredible. He's, yeah, he's just he's just um, and he always wants to go forward. He, you know, that's the, which is another great asset. Is you know what. One of the problems we got, and we'll probably see it on Saturday, is you know, is when you know, you know, that film Groundhog Day when teams come and they put ten men behind the ball, mm, and you know, yeah. you know, which is what's going to happen on Saturday. <laughs> but at least with Winks, you know that he's going to, it's not going to go sideways. He's gonna, always going to be looking to to get the ball forward. Um, and uh, he's he's twenty, you know, he's twenty one. And again, you know, Pock had the, you know, I read this article the other day in the Observer, and the guy was going on about. Um, Who's a guy from Man City? Phil Foden, the seventeen-year-old okay, yeah. who he came on for the yeah, and he can't get yeah. He, yeah, and he can't come into he can't get into the side because they got all these players. And it's the same at Chelsea. And it's the same here. Not once did he mention that there's one club that that has done this and that that's us. And yeah. we've brought through these players from the academy who who you know who 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 are above standard, above average, are great. And the potential if Harry Winks is is just amazing. And the same with you know the same with Kane, um, you know I, I I just think it's um, uh, I I just think that uh, you know the apart you know he's the future of the club you know is 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 with players like Harry Winks and my two year old son. <laughs> there you go. Be, you know, be playing alongside him in 
in 20 years. Well, they might do. The way, the way we're progressing the kids' palette, you never know. Yeah, exactly. That's what I keep thinking. I keep looking as long as, as long as pot is there, well, you've got, got half a chance. we policy at the moment. Just <laughs> <laughs> a video, send them to the pot. <laughs> Jace, I want to bring it round to you. Another guy that kind of wrote off some critics the night before was Delhi Ali. I mean, he can claim both of those assists. What have you made of Delhi? Because he did receive a lot of stick over the weekend. And again, we have to remind ourselves, he may not have necessarily been fit for that Arsenal game. Didn't look like it. Perfect way to respond, Jace, wasn't it? That performance? Well, could I just, just quickly say, just, just on the previous question about the kids, wasn't it brilliant to see the, the under-19 side go there and win 3-1 yep. as well on, on the afternoon? And, and if you haven't seen the goals from that game, there are some fantastic goals and... Mm and players really running at people and dribbling and things like that. It was a fantastic performance. Uh, Deli Ali, well, I said to, I said Monday, didn't I, after the Arsenal game, the, the criticisms of him is, is ridiculous. I mean, I don't know where it all comes from and when, when people are demanding we should sell players like that. It, it's, it's beyond me. You know, he, he gets a lot of criticism for dillying on the ball of late, but didn't he dilly on the ball in the, for the second goal yesterday? You know, if, if you're going to run past people, you've got to dilly on the ball at times. And if you're going to run and commit defenders, you're not going to go past them every single time. You know, the great wingers and people like that. We saw Ronaldo, didn't we, give Kieran Trippier 16 stepovers and not get past <laughs> yeah. him. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I, I'm yet to find a player. Not even, even Messi and Maradona never used to go past people every time they run at someone. So, you know, creative players will sometimes, if they get it wrong, look like they're dillying on the ball. but And they'll look casual when they try a little back heel that doesn't go right. But then Yarmolenko pulls off a, a back heel and it looks brilliant, doesn't it, last night? That's what that's what creative players do. They're not going to get their pass right. They're not going to get the dribble right all the time. But the boy comes, comes up with quality time and time and time again. And he's younger than Harry Winks. And that sums it up. I think he's an established player. Yeah, I think it's great. It's crazy. Yeah, I think it's great you make that point, Jace, that, you know, to remind people out there that he is younger than Harry Winks, you know, Deli Alley. There's yeah. such a long way for this guy to go. Jace, I want to stick you for a second. Talk to us, Jace, about Fernando Loriente because Mark Ellison says this guy needs minutes. Poltak RMS says that missed one-on-one -on -one charts. I want to bring John in as well about him. Um, Lorente, what, what can you say, Jace? Yeah, it, um, it, it was almost as uh, memorable as the was it Soldado in yeah. Fiorentina, Fiorentina, wasn't it? In, in that game of Fiorentina, it was a it was a horrendous <laughs> touch, and and I'm not even sure he really needed the first touch because he was pretty much through and just just hit it anyway. But I think it you know it it, it does show, and why I said I would have perhaps left Kane out. It's not only to protect Kane. Lorente does need genuine minutes on the pitch. And it's very hard, again, as we talk about Son, to get into a rhythm when you're coming on for five or six minutes and you're playing the odd Carabao Cup tie. This week, we've got no Carabao Cup tie, have we, for him to play in? No. So there's another there's another chance that he might have had to get minutes under his belt, although actually that round would have been at Arsenal and we'd have all demanded then Kane would have played at Arsenal, not Lorente, in the Carabao Cup. It's It's very, very difficult and it's... You know, when Kane is in the form he's in, it's it's. I, I don't know where they get those minutes from, uh, but until they get the minutes, you're going to continue to suffer. You know, people have to remember, as, as bad as it looks, he scored 15 Premier League goals last year. He's, he's, he scored goals for the Spanish national side. He goes to Juventus and scores goals. We're not talking about a donkey here by any no, means. No, no, not at all. But, but, by, but I understand the question because he doesn't look anywhere near the player that he's been in the past. And... 
the only way he's going to get that is minutes on the pitch. But to get those minutes on the pitch, it's got to be at Kane's expense. And nobody, you know, even even recently, haven't we? We we have the debate: is does Kane come off too early in games? Well, you know, if you're three 0 up and you don't take Kane off, then there's even less chance for Lorente to get on the pitch. And I just feel a little bit sorry for him at the moment because he's a lot better player than we're seeing for at the moment. That's for sure. Yeah, John, I want to bring it round to you. I've got a bit of a question here that I think John's going to give us a funny answer to. I'm sorry, John. I always throw them at you because I always think you're going to give us great answers. Nick, <laughs> Nick, I'm laughing already for even to ask the question. Ricky, compose yourself. Nick at I oh. Nick says, if Soldado was still in our team today, would he have fared better with the formation and build-up play or would there be no difference? John, the stage is yours. <sighs> it's a, do you know what? Oh. I, it seems like we're writing Fernando Llorente off too soon. Yeah, I mean... I mean the, the fact that Soldado scored a hat trick on the weekend as well. Probably That's does so Spurs on the weekend that we didn't score. On the weekend we didn't, we didn't yeah. score, John. No, I know it's the way it goes, isn't it? I just, I just think that again with Jay spot on. Jay spot on. That is what the issue is at the minute. He's not getting enough game time, and I mm. think that if you know, like I was saying earlier about missing a defender, so we play a more attacking formation, etc. I think if we have another midfield injury, then that could see. Kane probably playing the Son role behind Lorente, maybe even at the, you know a game against like we've got coming up at the weekend, maybe against West Brom, where you're thinking, you know, is the the, the aerial threat going to be something that we could cap, capitalise on more so than Sonny being you know tricky around the edge of the box and what have you? But the thing that worries me with Lorente is that he just he, he, there's not one time yet really where you thought he's 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 going to score. Or he's he's come close to scoring. He's and it, we've you know we've had him since August. And you think, you know, it's it's December nearly, and he Chelsea, ain't scored and Chelsea, yet. John, one of them as well. Let's not forget Chelsea in the last day. We had a battle for him. It wasn't like we were in for him on on our own here. No, I know it's 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 a weird one. I think, I mean, I don't know what's going on on the training ground, but I'm telling you now, if Harry Kane and Fernando Llorente went back to school to do sex education, bear with me. Right, <laughs> and, and 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 they and they teach you how to put a, a condom on a cucumber. Right, oh, the way yeah. Fernando Llorente's playing at the minute, he'd have a he'd have a pregnant missus and funny tasting sandwiches. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. John's back. John is back. I don't know what else to say. I think he just he needs he he needs a run in the team, but ultimately. You know it's going to be detrimental to the to the team if he does because it means dropping K or it means dropping Son or one of the other attacking options that we have. And job very quick. So, I mean, if Saldado was still in the team, would you shoot yourself? <laughs> oh, do you know what there was? Do you know what when I see him when I see him putting stuff on Instagram and, and Twitter and that saying "Come mm. on, you Spurs" and oh, all that, yeah. it, I, I do get a little warm tingle for him. But there was there was a time back then, 2013, 14, where supporting Tottenham was really bloody difficult, weren't it? Yeah. And there was yeah. times where I'm like, do you know what? It, it comes around to Saturday and you're like, I don't want to go. <laughs> and I, 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 I've never been like that before, ever. Even during the 90s and, you know, the, the dross that we had to put up with then. But when Sherwood was there and Soldado was um, our number nine and, you know, we were pinning our hopes on him, it was just, he just reminds me of a really bleak period in, in Spurs' recent history. And Harry Kane reminds me that, you know, every cloud has a silver lining. Done. So I've got, I've, got, I've got nothing nasty to say about Soldado, but I'm glad he doesn't play for Spurs anymore. <laughs> Paolo, I want to come round to you. So it's that time of the show where we have to talk about Danny Rose. Jay says, <laughs> Mr. Rebel. We haven't had you on, Paolo, before. Danny Rose, yeah. it's an interesting talking debate. I mean, let's refresh our listeners where we stand at the moment. So Danny Rose, he was obviously 
not involved in the game against Arsenal. He was meant to feature in the under-23s. He, in the end, was involved in some form of training with some players on the Saturday. He was then recalled into the squad. He played quite well. Let's let's have it against Dortmund. Yeah. He then came out afterwards and said he was absolutely fuming that he wasn't in the team um, for Arsenal. But he could understand Pochettino's decision. And he even admits himself that he does feel he's short of fitness. I mean, Paolo, what the hell is going on here? Do you think this guy has a future? Let's cut the story short. Uh, I, I don't think he has, really, to be honest with you. I, I mean, obviously, the Danny Rose of... Of 2016 was an unbelievable player. Before his injury, he mm. was just yeah. he was just wonderful to watch. Um, you know, I I used to stand in the park park lane end and watching him come down the wing and get those crosses in and take on players and you know the, the, the passes and you know he was just phenomenal. You know, fantastic. And then he had the injury. Um, I really turned on him when that he gave that interview. Um, Two days before the season began, I just thought that that was so out of order. Really, really, uh, real, real bad timing. Um, and um, I, I think Pock, you know, Pock's a very good... Um, Pock's had dinner with, with Ferguson a couple of times and he would have learned about, you know, Ferguson had no no compulsion whatsoever. If you weren't playing for the team, if you weren't part of the philosophy, then get then get out of the way. I'm I'm not interested in you. And I think Pop will apply the same thing. I think what Rose I think what Rose has got to understand is that when you have a manager like Pop I I ghost wrote um Mark Jiver's book, right? And there was a bit he said to me that he turned up for a game and Bill Nick said to him, You're not playing today and he went, Oh and he went, Am I on the bench? He went, No. He said, I've got you two tickets, you're gonna go over to West Ham, you're gonna watch Jeff Hurst. I said, What? What are you on about? You're going to watch Jeff Hurst and you're going to watch him, his movement. That's what you're going to do. And Sivers was really, really annoyed. He said, I went to West Ham. He said, and Bill Nick was spot on. I learned so much. Just for, I spent the whole game just watching Jeff Hurst, where he went, over to the wing, back here. You know, his, his use of the ball, his use of space. He said, he made me a better player. When Pock said to Rose on Saturday, you are not fit enough. You know, he obviously knew he was going to play him on Tuesday and he wanted him fit. And he should have accepted that and going to the press and, you know, uh, talking about oh, I was fuming about that. I don't think it helps anybody. No, I don't think it, it, you know, it's, that's, that's, you know, it just feels like he's out of step with the rest of them, you know. That's the worry. I mean, Jason, I want to bring you in. We had a chat, Jace, off air. I mean, let's be honest, it was on text message. I mean, we both said, look, when this came out on the, on the Sunday that he was fuming, I think it was Sunday evening, us, both of us said, look, even though it's the sun, there's probably some element of truth in it because... He's already had a relationship with them. He went to them in the summer. So it's no greater surprise that they're going to have a bond. It's, it's, in, the, it's in the standard tonight. It's in well, the standard it's in the sta- and in the standard tonight. But, Jace, I mean, should we I be think concerned well, the fact that he keeps going back to the newspaper? It doesn't seem to be stopping at the moment. That's the concern. Yeah. Well, I mean, he sees, he sees the impact of what he did in August. And, I mean, the timing of that was, was a disgrace mm. to, to have all the... to plunge us into the, the clubbing crisis that the media love to portray before a ball's even kicked on, what was it, on a Thursday night? Um, He knew, he he obviously, either him or his base soccer or whatever it is, leaked the the details to the back to the sun that he was fuming again. We then have our biggest game of the season. Once again, the club gets gets all the bad publicity on the morning of a game and, and the team thing is, and you know, you look at, say, Manchester City on December the 16th, when we'll be up against Walker, and you think, if we choose Ben Davies in that game, do we get another story the night before a game? Yeah. Is he talking to Bay Soccer and, and saying to, to Walker, you know, well, I'll tell you what our team is today because 
you just don't know. And no, no. I think at some stage, somebody has got to say to him, you know, sit him down in an office and say, look, shut the fuck up. Yep. Keep yep. that mouth zipped. Concentrate on getting yourself fit. Yep. We're not here to facilitate you getting an England place. No. We're not here to facilitate you getting a move to Man United. I want commitment from you. I want full focus from you. And I want respect for the club and your teammates from you. And have some respect for the bloke that's done your job for the past 10 months and played his socks out every week whilst you've been doing nothing. Now, he never asked to get injured. I don't mean that in that respect to him. But he has to have some understanding that a player's come in also and taken his place and performed bloody well for those 10 months. And so sort yourself out, put a zip across it, because he was also on in England duty, happy to give all his media interviews and saying how angry he was and all of that. Just shut up. Concentrate on your football. Get back to being the best. Show us what you did in that second half last night where you started to resemble what Danny Rose of 2016 was. Give us that over 90 minutes. Give us that week in, week out. And then perhaps we'll sit down and and, and take one or two bits from you. But until then, keep shut and just get on with your job. Spot on. I mean, John, anything to add on this, Danny Rose? It's uh, it's becoming a lot more, you know... OTT than it needs to be, doesn't it, about Danny Rose? Just like Jason's, keep quiet, get on with a job. Mm, yeah, it is. I mean, the only the only thing I would say is I've got a question for you three. Mm. What would what would what's worse, Danny Rose coming out and saying he was fuming, but he spoke to the manager. They've not had an argument, or Danny Rose coming out and saying, oh, "I saw, I, you know, I, I didn't mind not being in the squad for Arsenal." For me personally, I get you guys' thoughts as well. I don't mind him being angry and not playing. It's just the fact that he's gone to the media, the Sun we assume that and linked it back to them that he's fuming it just doesn't need to happen you know by all means say you're fuming but again it's the nature of having to go to that newspaper I know he's got a relationship with them I just thought it's so unnecessary John do you know what I mean I mean yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get your but thoughts he could have said John he could have said he could have said in his interview last night I was really disappointed not to play which would have been the first we'd heard of him being disappointed not to play why do we have to hear about his, his fuming on Saturday morning and the build-up to a big game? He knows how the media works, or his people know how the media works. You go to them with a story, they'll, they'll, they'll turn it into their advantage. And he knew when he leaked that story what, what headlines that was going to bring on us. And that's the problem. It disrupts the club before a big game. It, it's, you know, I, I want him to be angry at not playing. But yeah. you keep it to yourself, yeah. and you—I don't even mind if you go in the manager's office and you have a slanging match with him in the manager's office. But the whole world doesn't have to know it's going on, do they? Exactly. That's that's exactly where he belongs in the manager's office. I'm really angry. I should have played. Blah blah blah. blah. And Pog saying, to him, "I'm not playing you today because you're not fit enough. But I want to play you Tuesday." End of story. Yeah, and that's it. I think that's it. I yeah, the other it's... part of it, just, just just the other part of it as well, where it's disrespectful is that, as I say, Ben Davies has done a fantastic job. If Danny Rose thinks. He can come back into the squad and just go back to what it was before and the bloke that's played out of his skin for 10 months just gets dropped. And then in six months' time, Danny Rose wants to get up and disappear straight away. What do we do with Ben Davis then? Yeah. You think, well, you know, you, you've, you've, you've got him playing really well. You've given his confidence boost to a level where he's looking a, a bloody decent left-back now and, and even a decent wing-back. You then chuck him back for what for for six months and discard him, and then you ask him to come back and do it all in six months. You'd, you'd be in danger of losing him as well as Rose in that case. You've got to be loyal to to Ben Davis and show him the commitment to him that he's shown the club for ten months. Yeah. I think this is what I was going to say is I'm not sticking up for Danny Rose at all. No, no. But yeah. what what it is is and and, I, and I'm with you. You know, I'd rather he didn't speak to anyone about this kind of stuff in the press. But the, I think the fact that 
you know, I read the quotes this afternoon about, you know, I was fuming, I was angry, blah, blah, blah. But And the, the fact that he also said, you know, there's not been an argument with the manager, I accepted his decision, means for me that there's not really a story. Although there's one been leaked and, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a sensational headline to say uh, Spurs star fuming at Axe or whatever the headline would have been. Really, even though by Rose coming out and saying saying okay. it in the first place, it creates a story. There's still not really one there because, you know, that would have happened every other week at every so, at every so club. Why, why, did, why, why does he want to create a story? He's angling. Exactly. He's, angling he's allowed it to be created. He's angling for a move. That's what he's doing. I mean, he's setting himself up. Going, I definitely was actually read the article. I mean, Jace, he, he makes a prominent point of saying this season three times. No, obviously, mentioned about long-term wise, but he said, you know, this season I want Spurs to be successful. This season I want to get back in the side. I mean, it depends how far you want to read into it. But um, I think he knows his days are probably num- numbered as much as Poch does. I mean, I had a chat with Paolo off there and we both said, you know, it's very rarely this manager crossing once. It's one thing, but to keep doing it like he's doing at the moment. I mean, yeah. he's running the raff, isn't he, Jace? Yeah, it, it, he's a loose cannon at the moment. And, you know, as I say, we all want him to get back to the Danny Rose that we, we loved last year. Yeah. And the way to do it is, is be fully focused on your football and just keep your mouth shut and get on with the job. Yeah, well, tell you what, let's speak about happier things. Um, trying to, anyway. Uh, let's bring it on to you, John. Davinson Sanchez and Eric Dyer, both of them, you know, to a man, they were absolutely brilliant. I mean, Dyer, John, in a way, he's coming back into the form, you know, that, you know, it's it's been dipping this season. I thought he played really well against Dortmund. And Davinson Sanchez, John, what can you tell us about this guy? Again, another faultless performance overall. Yeah, they were, <clears throat> they were, they were both superb. I think you know, they're both big lads, but they're both pretty quick as well. Sanchez didn't get um, stripped by Aubameyang at all. I don't think at any point. And the fact that he's our record buy and he's he's not come in with that kind of. You know, he's not had to give that as an excuse, has he? Because he's played ever so well since he came in. He's been like, you know, like we said before, like he's been there for a long time and he's been, he looks like, he doesn't look like he's only had one season in Europe, a yeah. uh, much inferior league before turning up at Spurs. And I think the yeah. fact that Dyer's, you know, back as, you know, you can say at the minute, he's definitively, he's a defender, which is, is his best position, in my opinion. Now, I remember digging him out, um, a few weeks ago on here because just because I think when he plays in midfield I don't think he's got the, the vision and the range to play in what I would call a, a 360 position and what I mean by that is when he's playing in the back three the game is purely in front of him and he's good at, at, at spotting a, a, a pass from that position but when the game is going on in front of him and behind him I think he's where he, he's not at his best so the fact that he's part of the back three again and his performances have been nothing short of superb I think proves really that Poch was right, you know. You've, we've all read the book now by Guillaume Balagay, and Poch says his best position is at the back, and I, I agree. I think he's a uh, he's one of the you know the best central defenders in the league. Sanchez is too, and you know we're lucky that they're both played for Spurs. We are indeed. I mean, Paolo, giving it over to you, Sanchez Dyer. Again, these guys they seem to be performing again. Oh, I say well, performing again, but Sanchez has been absolutely awesome the whole season, hasn't he? Really. As a whole, well, I, I I look at him and I can't help thinking of Ledley. I really can't. The way he the way he goes past players, he, he gets the ball. His composure uh, as well. Mm. His composure, you know, he'll dribble past players, you know, in risky areas and have this kind of nonchalance about him. Um, his his positioning is is fantastic. Um, you know, it's like you say, John. It's unbelievable that he's played a season in Europe and now he's he's. 
he's our record buy, and just and the thing is, he's fitted in seamlessly, isn't he? It's yeah. not like there's been any. You know, I, I always worry about when you know, especially with strikers, we kept on buying foreign players, and I kept thinking we need a striker from the Premier League who just hits the ground running. But this guy, he's he's hit the ground running. It's, it's like he's been there for six years at our club. You know, he's just. And um, I, I remember Pock saying about just how big a talent he is, and I thought, well, you're going a bit over the top here, Pock, because. We spent forty-two million on him, and you've got to justify. But you know what? He's got a point, man. This guy's going to be just, you know, tremendous. Yeah, I mean, it's justify. It's hard to justify sometimes spending forty-two million. But with this guy, I think you can almost say that you know he's ah. he's, re- he's repaying this transfer fee. I think by the end of the uh, season, if he carries on the way he's going, Paolo, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just uh, he's he's he's. I love one of the reasons that I love Chivers as a kid. He's a big guy with skill. Mm. You don't often get to see that because a lot of times centre are bigger. Lumps or brutes, but this guy is—he's got skill, he's got composure, he's got strength, and the same for Dyer as well. I, I completely yeah. agree with you. I, I think he's—I think he's a great centre half. I don't think he's a midfielder at all. Um, I've always thought he's a great defender, and uh, you know, if we can keep him in that position along Sanchez, you know, we've got Vertonghen, Aldevira. We're going to have problems with about the contract, so you know. Um, you know, we're we're looking good back there. I mean, it's one of the things Pop's done is shore up that defence in a very very um, smart way. Um, you know, a really good mix of of uh, youth and experience, and and skill as well. You know, for a team that has to pass the ball out from the back, you know, you've got to have that. You have indeed. I mean, Jay, speaking around to you, we had a question in about Jan, but Tom actually Paolo mentioned in there. Jan again going under the radar with a huge performance. Most underrated player in the Premier League, maybe Europe. Jay, very quickly, thoughts on Vertonghen. <laughs> can you uh, give us your thoughts on also Serge Aurea, who for me, I think that is probably his best game so far on a Spurs shirt. Absolutely relentless down the right flank and very disciplined. It's strange to see such a guy try and change so quickly. What's happened? It's, well, it's hard, first of all, to give anything new to Jan than we've done on on so many of the shows this yeah. season. We, we've said he's, you mm. know, he's probably our player of the season so far. Um, he's been faultless in in almost every game, and um, he, he has been he, at times he's been better than Toby this season. So that that sums it up. Uh, Aurier definitely had his his best game for us. There wasn't any of the the rashness no. yeah. from him last night, and he uh, made sure he. He did the simple things right rather than trying to do anything silly last night. And no, it was. We we all know. I think with with Oreo, you can see there's a proper footballer in there. It, it's just a question of him adapting to the Premier League. And I think a little bit like Danny Rose, getting fully fully fit in, into the the Tottenham way. And I think once that's done, then you'll see the best of Serge Oreo. I think it's just a question of we need to show a a bit of patience with him and. And obviously, we're, we're lucky to have Trippier that can deliver decent balls and that into the box whilst whilst we're waiting for that, that to happen. But I think you'll see a better Aurier gradually as the season goes on. And I think next year, you'll see a, a real fly in Aurier. That's for yeah. sure. Great. And uh, we can't forget Pochettino. It was his 100th win for Spurs. I mean, now, uh, it's, I think, first Spurs manager since Keith Birkinshaw to win 100 games. I mean, that tells you how far it's been since Spurs managed to keep a manager long-term. He's done it 182 games in charge. He joins an elite club of six Spurs managers where Pochettino has the best win rate, 55%. The next best is actually Sir Bill with 49%, although Sir Bill did have 408 games. Long way to go, Paolo, but um, Pochettino, from whatever that can be said, I mean, undeniably, with or without a trophy, he's transformed the club, hasn't he? Yeah, and he's he's done it in a very quiet and uh, and efficient way, really. I mean, when it, when he joined, you know, 
uh, you know, there were a lot of decisions he was making you kind of worrying about or thing. But, you know, it, I can't remember what game it was. I think it might be against Liverpool, West Ham maybe. But suddenly it clicked. Suddenly it all clicked. And he thought, oh, this is what he's up to. This is what this is what he's doing. This is where he's going. This is the style he wants. Yeah. And um, once once that happened, and I, I just loved, I, I love the fact that he's, um, you know, um, that he's got these youngsters. I mean, this guy, Marcus Edwards, that, you know, I saw him play against Gillingham, that he's going to start bringing through. And, and, and others, you know, he's got such a strong academy. You know, he's got such a strong first team. Um, and obviously the players love him. Look who you know Wink scores his debut goal and runs over. He's running straight to yeah. pop, straight to pop. You know, and he comes across like that. But I wouldn't want to cross him. He's like <laughs> one of those quiet. He's like one of those quiet Godfather types, man. Yeah. Do you know, Danny. What I, mean? I, Danny, team. I hope you're listening. Danny, I hope you're listening. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't cross him. No, there you go. And it first. Or would I go for a plate of pasta with him? Well, <laughs> yeah. All there's that. All there's that. John Bree quickly. Zoe Pearson's phone is in a question. Thank you, Zoe. Um, she says, after the under 19s result against Dortmund, Paolo mentions there about the young players. Can you see Potts trusting any of this next group to make the next step up? I mean, the likes of Walker Peters. You maybe argue he's already done that. Oakley Booth, George. You very quickly, John. Um, anyone from that clutch you can see being the next one to make the step up? Personally, I think that the one that I'm most excited about is Oliver Skip. He's a he's a diminutive central midfielder, much okay. in the same sort of mould as Harry Winks. He's he's a tidy little player. There's also Jaffet Tanganga, one of the centre halves. He's, he's really impressed me. And to be fair, Brandon Austin in goal looks pretty solid as well. And I think Austin would probably be the next one or maybe Alfie Whiteman if we're talking about goalkeepers his form's going to be leaving at the end of the season I think his contract's up then if I'm right yep. but I think it, right. it, it takes some catastrophic injury problems for it to be an outfield player anytime soon but the fact is you know they're under 19s they are all young really young kids and they've got you know two or three years to mature yet so I think you know I'm hoping that a good proportion of them will end up in the first team or you know getting a chance in the first team and I think we have talking about Danny Rose we've got a very similar player in, in there already in Keenan Bennett who's uh, a winger slash left wing back full back who's you know started life as a more attacking player who's been playing at left back and he's impressed me every time I've seen him so there's plenty of uh, little little gems in there they just need a polish and obviously we know we've got the right manager in charge to bring them through and I, I don't think it would be too long really before we see one but I would, I would say this season is probably a little bit too soon purely just going by the age that that these kids are at at the minute. Yeah, wouldn't, su- wouldn't surprise me if we started to see Sterling make the bench over the last Wait, month Jace? or six weeks of the season. Hold that, Sterling, particularly. Yeah, I yeah, think he's restart, probably the likely one. I'm going to say this. Restad O'Connell sends a question saying because Sterling is doing quite well at the moment. Should he get a chance over Lorente? I mean, you say that, but then God, Lorente's not even going to get on the bench if that's the case. <laughs> no, I, I'm, not, I'm not so certain you'd. I'm not so certain you chuck him in at the moment over Lorente, but I think as yeah. the season goes on and, and perhaps, you know, if you draw, I don't know, let's say Rotherham in the third round of the FA Cup or something and Lorente plays, it wouldn't surprise me to see one or two like a Sterling get on the bench if, if we've got lower division clubs in those early rounds, much like Carter Vickers came into the side last year in that way, didn't he? Um, and I think, you know, you might get them on the tail end of the season. He went on that tour, didn't he, to um, Hong Kong at the end of last year, I think, Kazi Sterling. 
if I rightly, if I remember rightly, scored one of the goals yeah. that night. So I think he's probably the the one that's nearest uh, to being the next one to get in. Although I think, as John says, I'd be surprised if any of them are, are, are genuine first team members by the end of the season. Even Shashua got on the bench, didn't he, at the end of last year and had a good game Wednesday night in uh, in Dortmund as well. So you know, there's plenty of options there, but. I think that the key one everyone waiting to see is Edwards, but you know Edwards. I think in the game against Dortmund that I saw last night, you, you saw you see all the talent in Edwards, but you also see why he's still not really pushing because there's there's a hell of a lot of time when he he doesn't make the wrong choice and he is a little bit head down and and a little bit selfish at times. And it's probably his game awareness at the moment that it's he's stopping him from pushing into say Unkudu's place or something like that. Yeah, saying Kudu, I forgot he was with us still, Jason Kudu, bless him. Well, there you go. You know, that, that's the role, isn't it? You really wish one of our, you you wish one of, of Bennett, Sterling, Edwards could really push for mm. Kudu's place where they're, they're involved genuinely in the matchday squads and they, they can be pushing to come off the bench in a, in a game with 10 minutes left or something because Kudu's really there and he's, he's doing absolutely nothing. So it is, a, it is a wasted spot and yet he's still in front of those players. Yeah, we are running out of time, but to hell with it. I'm sure you guys would appreciate the additional time anyway. Um, I've got to quickly mention, Harry Kane, Deli Ali, Christian Eriksen, Davidson Sanchez have all been nominated for the 2017 UEFA Team of the Year. So that's, I mean, that's fantastic in itself. Finally, the recognition those guys deserve. Disappointed, Paolo, very quickly. Jan Vertonghen doesn't get a mention there because he's yeah. been absolutely awesome, hasn't he, this season? And even last season, 2017, there's a hole for him as a year. He's been brilliant. Yeah, he's been a colossus and... Um... Uh, I, he's quiet though, isn't he? He's a quiet sort of player. Do you mm. know what I mean? He's not flashy. He doesn't bring attention to himself. And um, yeah. but what, what what he does is is just uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a level above. You know, I'm so glad we we got him. And you know the fact that he stayed. We bought him at a time when we weren't particularly a great spot team. Spot on. Yeah, could have easily. And, and he's yeah. yeah. He could have easily. He stuck with us. And uh, you know, I'd I'd um, he's. Uh, He's a, he's a he's a he's a he's a mainstay of the team. That one, you know, you'd put him down first. One of the first names to go down every time. Agreed. On those walls, aren't they a little bit pointless? I mean, you know, I'm, you all know I'm a massive Delhi Ali fan, but you a for team of the year. He got sent off in February in his only game, and he was suspended for the first three games of this year. So he's only played two games. <laughs> I don't quite know how he can be in the team of the year. No, it's a popular games. Good he was yesterday. You know, perhaps he has done a deal with his agent and it's the Mina Raiola or the George Mendes team of the year. Oh, maybe. That could be what it's coming down to, but who knows. But very quickly, guys, I'm going to read you out the potential Champions League last 16 opponents. Um, I want you to tell me very quickly, I'm going to go around and tell me who you would prefer. So, at the moment, as things stand, we've got Bayern Munich, Juventus, Porto, Seville, Shakhtar, Basel. Those are the teams we could potentially face at this stage. Remember, there is still one game to go, so this could potentially change. John, very quickly, out of the teams I've read, could you tell me who you would prefer at this very moment in time? Oh, I definitely want one of Juventus or, or uh, Bayern Munich. Okay. I think they'd, they'd be the ones for me, just because and I know maybe we'd get found out, who knows, but ultimately, like I said at the top of the show, each time we seem to get um, you know, a really tough game in the Champions League we rise to the occasion and it's not just this season <clears throat> you know I remember after getting past the holders in 2010 we then draw seven times winners AC Milan in the, in the first knockout round and we go and beat them as well yeah. and I think you look at it this season you know we took four points off of Real Madrid we took six points off of Dortmund 
you know, as I think Jay said earlier, no one's going to fancy pulling Spurs out of the hat. And I think that, you know, getting one of those sides, you know, one of the, the proper giants of European football, you know, if we could just recreate that Real Madrid atmosphere one more time this season, at least at Wembley, that wouldn't that, wouldn't that be amazing? You know, oh, I think I don't yeah. think I'd want Seville or Porto, no disrespect to them, you know, they've got <laughs> European pedigree, obviously. They've got to be a good side to get as far into the competition as they have. But for me... I want to see us play the best teams because, you know, I've, I've, I don't want to keep going on about the dark old days, but when a third round League Cup tie against Brentford was the highlight of the season, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, 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 I used to watch the Champions League as a child and, you know, even up to like my early teens and think, this is, we're a million miles away from this. This is probably what West Ham fans feel like at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's what, that's what, that's how we used to be. So, to play, you know, to play massive teams like that in a, in a competitive game, not in a you know a preseason friendly or in Australia or Hong Kong or wherever it might be, to play them in the Champions League would be amazing, and I think that would be one that would definitely, you know, that would get the juices flowing, wouldn't it? That's 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 for me. Juventus or Bayern Munich, definitely it would be indeed. Paolo, come round to you. Can you give us an uh, answer? Munich, Juventus, uh, Porto, Seville, Shakhtar, Basel. Those are the teams at the moment we could potentially face. Uh, I, I'm with John on this, and I'd like to—I'd I'd love to get Juventus because I have a little. Um, my family's from uh, uh, Naples, okay. And Juventus are the Arsenal to to right. To, I see. To Naples. Okay. So uh, I would love—I would love to—I uh, would love to get them, and I would love to to stuff them. There you go, an Italian side that would be interesting playing Juventus. Um, also, I th- also I, th- I think mm. Arsenal would really suit an Italian side. Yeah. I really do. You know they're very cagey and they they were playing, you know, and our pressing game would 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 unnerve them, would unsettle them for sure. Okay, for sure. that would be interesting. What a glamour tie that would be. I mean, Jace, very. Uh, let's get your thoughts on it very quickly, Jace. This one. Bayern, Bayern for me. Bayern. Be the okay. one I want. I want. I want the biggest. I want the biggest possible one. If you're going to win it, you got to knock out the best. And if if it did all go pear shapes, then then you get on with the rest of the season and chasing that top four spot without getting caught up in the. The, the, the fixture chaos at the end of the season. So either way round, to me, either get knocked out early or beat the best teams, and then have the momentum with you. But I don't really want to to fiddle around with a with a silly side like a, a Shakhtar or something. Let's just just take the big ones on board. And I think Bayern would be a little bit like Munich. They'll try and play their football against us, and and we can we can play in much the same way that we did against uh, Real Madrid. So yeah, for me, Bayern all day long. Okay, you mentioned the word pear shape. That turns us very nicely to West Brom, who are at the moment in a bit of a sticky predicament. I mean, they've uh, dismissed Tony Poulis this week. They're going to have Gary Megson in charge of the team on Saturday. That's if they do not announce Alan Pardew. I'm sure that's going to be the light in the West Brom fans. Though Alan Pardew is in talks for the job. He may very well be in the hot seat Saturday by the time this show goes out. So that'll be interesting to see when you guys listen to it, what happens there. But Jace, turning our attention to this game on Saturday... Oh, is it going to be one of those games again where we're going to have to raise our game? You look in the back of the lights of the, the Palace and the Swansea games and the Bournemouth where, you know, we did kind of drag out the result in the end, got the result. Is it going to be a similar encounter on this one, Jace, do you think? I think it's, it's more dependent on, on West Brom, you know. Will they play for Megson or will there be a new manager in charge? Will whoever comes in charge change the way that they play? Will they, will they still try and park the bus? Will they think, right, free from Poulis, we will try and play on the front foot? And I think that that's the difficult thing. You've just got, you know, if it was Tony Poulis in charge, you'd know exactly what they were going to play like. Whereas we're coming up against a side that you think, 
we just just don't know what to expect from them now, do we? Will they try and play open football? Will they still try for set pieces? Is their confidence so flat that they just can't raise themselves? Will they be liberated? It's, there's so many questions about West Brom. So, but whichever West Brom side we face, let's be fair about it, we should be good enough to beat West Brom at home. And I know we, we haven't always been in recent years, <laughs> but we were worried about them last year. We, we were worried yeah, about yeah. them last year and smashed them four 0 didn't we? We were three 0 up when like, they played yeah. a. I think they played a back seven at White Hart. They played <laughs> Nasser Chadley. They, they had two right backs, which one was Nasser Chadley, wasn't Bless it last him. year? So, oh. you know, I think we we should have enough over over ninety minutes to beat West Brom. And do you know what? If if it is an ugly one 0 win and a, a tough game, as long as you get the three points, just that, that's really all that matters. Gotta take it. I mean, John, come around to you. They're winless in eleven. Lost their last four in a row. I hate to say this, John. It's not Dr. Tottenham coming up, is it? No, 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 no. He's all right. <laughs> <clears throat> he's um, he, he's he's away now for a few oh, months so. for Christmas. I hope so, John. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll be all right. I'm sure we'll be all right this weekend. I've just got this feeling that you know we we bounce back beautifully against Dortmund. It's a, it's Tuesday, so it's an extra day to prepare. Mm. It's a three o'clock Saturday. If I think if I'm I'm right in saying it's only the third three o'clock Saturday we would have had in the last twelve months at home. God. There's a lot to know. Yeah. yeah, well, it was 5 0 against Swansea last season, was the 3rd of December. Then we had Bournemouth this season, 1 0 was Saturday at 3 o'clock at home, and in this one. So we're, we're flawless if we're playing at home at 3 o'clock. So we'll be all right. <laughs> I don't, they just, they, for, for me, they haven't got enough. They, they just don't have enough, mate. And mm. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm not jinxing it because we're going to win. But this, oh, so. they just ain't got enough to worry me. Hold They're your... shite. They, they are. <laughs> Hold your prediction for a second, John, and come back round to you. Paolo, very, right. uh, Paolo, come round to you. 17th in the league, 10 points from 12 games. Yes, Mr. Nasser Chal is probably going to be involved in this one. Is there anything to fear, Paolo? Uh, I just... Uh, there's a thing with Spurs, isn't there, where um, uh, we, we sometimes have these games with Sunday goalkeepers who do nothing all season, Sunday turning into John Luigi Buffon and you know do amazing <laughs> things uh, we have clubs where we should thrash them like 6-0 and they lose their manager the week before and, then, and everybody turns out to play at their highest level than when we play so or we have so or, or uh, yeah so um, but I think we'll be alright because um uh, or, or, or a player will score against us the next player like Chadley did last season I just wanted I was just thinking about that game I thought Deli Ali's goal against West Brom was one of the goals of the season. It was. You know that yeah, one where, what a finish. Where it kind of bent, didn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah. I was thinking about it today because most players would have just shot towards the left-hand side of the goal because, but that's where the defenders were. And he, he flicked it to the right, didn't he? It was so skillful, that goal. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to win 3-0. Three as three long as we get an early goal. As long as we get an early goal. That's that's the key to these games. They're going to put 10 men behind the ball, like Palace, like Swansea, like Boy. It's Groundhog Day. So they put 10 <laughs> men behind the ball. But if we score early, if we score early, then it, it, they, they don't know what to do then. Do we attack them? If we attack them, they're going to counter-attack us. You know, an early goal, and um, and then 3 nil up at half-time, and then we can all cruise for the second half. There you go. Paolo goes with 3-0. John, you've already gone with the line there, shite. Can you give us a prediction to match for that? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say 3-0 as well. Oh, I was, was okay. going to say 3-0 right. as well. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. 
Okay. Jace, coming over to you, you bottled the last prediction. I mean, bearing in mind, you will know <laughs> roughly, Jace, what was the team... It wasn't a case of bottling it, mate. You just didn't know what, what type of team was going to be picked. So Fair enough. Fair enough. It's hard to do it. Fair enough, uh, I'll go 2-0. 2-0? 2-0 Saturday. He's yeah. giving us one. 2-0 Saturday to Love. West Brom. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cheek. I can't believe him. You want to quickly reverse no, two that? 2-0. Tottenham, okay. 2-0 no, home win. Okay, I'm going to go with you. I think we will get eventually over the line. I can see it being a 2-1. I can see it being tight. Paolo, as we've got you here, it'd be rude to ask you um, if yeah. you've been... Got, I think you've got some new books out. Tell us about what you've got out and any Spurs-related oh, books. It's Christmas time coming. Come on. This is your chance. I've plug got, it, plug uh, it, plug it. Well, okay, well, uh, the Martin Chivers book's probably still stacked up in a warehouse <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> so I'm sure that they'll be out and about, uh, which I which I helped ghostwrite, uh, which, well, I did ghostwrite with him, which was which was fantastic. I loved it. He was a big hero of mine mm. when I was a kid. And he used to come and pick me up from Potter's Bar, you know, train station. And I'd, you know, I'd, I'd just think, oh, my God, I'm with Martin, Ch- I'm in Martin <laughs> Chibber's car. Yeah, I went back to being 11 years old. You know, it was fantastic. So there's that book. Also, I've just done a book about Ronnie Ronnie Lane, who was in The Faces and the Small Faces and had an amazing solo career before he sadly died of um, marble sclerosis. Uh, that's that as well. And... Um, uh, I've also written a kind of open letter to my son, which comes out next year. It's called Colour Me Father. And a uh, publishing company called Wet Zebra are going to be putting that out next spring. Okay, fantastic. The books, Paolo, I presume they're all on Amazon. They kind of... Yeah, back, Amazon. Yep. Uh, yeah, or Waterstones, Falls. Also, um, a book I did about football called Robin Friday, um, who played for Reading for about three years in the 70s. Made Liam Gallagher look like uh, uh, Florence Nightingale. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, basically got Reading promoted and then um, just exploded into a uh, exploded into pieces. He died of he died of a drug overdose in when he was thirty nine. But if you talk to Reading players, I, I called the book the greatest footballer you never saw because if you talk to Reading fans, they'll, they'll tell you he, he was like Maradona. He was like Maradona playing for Reading basically, <laughs> uh, and uh, that, that, that 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 that's out there as well. So. Okay. Um, Great Christmas present, people. Yes, Great guys, Christmas present. It's never too early. 22nd of yeah. I hate to say it. I mean, as much as I can't stand the whole charade about oh, the shops, all the craziness, but you can go and get this stuff. Save yourself the trips to the shops. Amazon, Waterstones online. Yeah. Go and hit it Oil. up early. Hit, hit it up early. Paolo, I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight. It's been such a pleasure no, having you. Great. No, really good. Oh, Fantastic. Well, I say, fingers crossed we'll get you back on the sh- future. John, absolute pleasure as always. You've been the entertainment as always. <laughs> I'm, I'm like class clown, and I? I don't know no. where I've managed to get this reputation. No, you, should so do that, you should do that Joe Pesci line. <laughs> you think I'm funny? John, I promise you, we get additional listeners in just for you, because honestly, you are absolutely brilliant. You make this show comedy gold. We absolutely love it. Please yeah, keep, co- yeah, keep coming I, back. That's, keep that's coming only back. when... Well... I don't know how much time they get to spend outside of their padded cells or for big windows. <laughs> but I appreciate what you're saying anyway, thanks. Oh, there you go. John leaving has always even arrived. There you go, typical John Manning's absolute pleasure. And Jace, thank you as always. We're back Monday night, Jace. Yeah. Let's let's hope we're we're celebrating uh, in a similar style. We don't have three points, that's for sure. But until then, I probably will avoid one of John's cucumber sandwiches, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, based, yeah, definitely. I think, guys, everyone avoid John's cucumber sandwiches if he offers you them, please. We are going to be back. <laughs> we're going to be back after West Brom. Fingers crossed. Talking about another huge three points for Spurs. And as always, come on, you Spurs. 
Wanyama to Ericsson. To Harry Kane! To 1-0! Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.